It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. The search is on for a gunman who killed more than 20 people and injured dozens more at a restaurant and bowling alley in Lewiston, Maine. Here's the mayor of neighboring Auburn, Maine, Jason Levesque. When I was bringing people in that were looking for their loved ones, there's fear, there's panic. Of course, there's worry, understandable. And But the people that were actually there tonight, um, it was what I didn't hear. It's they just it's shock. It's shock. It's hard for me to explain. Auburn Mayor Jason Levesque says police are looking for 40-year-old Robert Card. He is described as a firearms instructor believed to be in the Army Reserve, assigned to a training facility in Saco, Maine. Well, Nathan, we've had major developments overnight as well in the Israel-Hamas war. Israel's military has been carrying out limited ground raids in northern Gaza to, quote, prepare the battlefield for the next stages of combat. President Biden says he's asked Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to delay a full-scale invasion to secure the release of more hostages. What I have indicated to him is that if that's possible to get these folks out safely, that's what he should do. It's their decision. President Biden says he's also urged Israel to focus on a pathway for a permanent peace with the Palestinians. Israel's military now says Hamas is holding 224 people hostage in Gaza. That's a bit more than earlier estimates. Back here in the U.S., Karen, the auto strike at Ford appears to be over. The United Auto Workers reached a tentative agreement with the automaker last night. UAW President Sean Fain made the announcement. Today, we reached a tentative agreement with Ford for months We've said that record profits mean record contracts. And UAW family, our stand-up strike has delivered. UAW President Sean Fain says the contract calls for a record 25% hourly wage hike over the life of the contract, which exceeds four years. Well, from Detroit to D.C., Nathan, after weeks of infighting and jockeying for votes, lawmakers have elected Republican Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana as the 56th Speaker of the House. And Bloomberg's Amy Morris has details from Washington. Congressman Johnson was sworn in as the House Speaker after three failed GOP tries by his colleagues. He won with 220 votes, three more than he needed. After the seat remained vacant for more than two weeks, Johnson announced to the members that the People's House is back in business, and he says he will create a bipartisan committee to reduce the nation's debt. And we are going to establish a bipartisan debt commission to begin working on this crisis immediately. Immediately. Johnson says his first bill will focus on the needs of Israel. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio. Amy, thanks. Speaker Johnson was endorsed by former President Trump. He's been fined a second time for violating the gag order in his trial in New York. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has that story. The judge in Trump's civil fraud trial has fined him $10,000, saying he violated a limited gag order barring personal attacks on court staffers. Trump was called to the witness stand to explain his comment that 
quote, a person who's very partisan sitting alongside the judge in this case. Trump said he and his attorneys repeated the comment was aimed at Michael Cohen and not the judge's clerk. Ripple effect, though, after federal prosecutors pointed to this to keep a gag order in place in the D.C. election obstruction case. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Ed, thanks. Well, sticking with legal news, the fraud trial of Sam Beckman-Fried picks up again today after a week off. His lawyer says the FTX founder plans to take the stand to testify. Could happen as soon as this afternoon, because prosecutors are expected to rest their case this morning. Beckman-Fried has pleaded not guilty to charges that he looted the financial accounts of his customers and investors. On Wall Street, Karen, a leadership change is coming at Morgan Stanley. The bank has selected Ted Pick as its new chief executive officer, succeeding James Gorman after his 14-year run. More from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. In tapping pick, the firm is turning to the man credited with spurring a revival in its trading business after a perilous stretch during the 2008 financial crisis, a period when clients ditched Morgan Stanley and doubts about its ability to survive reverberated around Wall Street. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Charlie, thanks. And we'll be hearing from both executives coming up at 1030 Wall Street time this morning on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, turning to the markets now, Nathan, shares of Meta down 2.5% in early trading. Third quarter revenue did beat analyst estimates, but as Bloomberg's Alex Barenka reports, the stock took a big hit following the company's conference call. CFO Susan Lee said on a call with analysts that they are still at the whims of uncertain macroeconomic conditions and that revenue for 2024 is still uncertain. As investors evaluate the stock going into next year, they'll have to take all of these things into account and answer the big question of how is artificial intelligence actually going to contribute to Meta's top line. Bloomberg's Alex Barenka says Meta's overall monthly user numbers rose 7% to $3.14 billion. And it is a busy morning on the economic front, Karen. Here in the U.S., we'll get a reading on third quarter GDP as well as jobless claims. Overseas, the European Central Bank set to keep interest rates on hold after 10 back-to-back increases. All analysts surveyed by Bloomberg expect policymakers to leave the ECB deposit rate at 4%. All right, Nathan, thank you. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Former President Donald Trump stormed out of the courtroom during day two of Michael Cohen's testimony. Trump's former lawyer took the stand in his former boss's civil fraud trial. And after court, Cohen said he would not be intimidated. He's got the wrong guy to intimidate. As you've seen, I haven't stopped since I don't know how many years now. And I won't until, as I said, accountability is had. NBC reports Trump returned to the courtroom after the court day ended and Cohen finished his testimony. The judge called on Trump to testify and was fined $10,000 for violating his gag order again. Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky will ask European Union leaders meeting in Brussels to expand sanctions against Russia to impede the Kremlin's ability to resupply as allies brace for a long war and military support for Ukraine becomes more pressing. According to documents seen by Bloomberg News, the EU risks falling behind on plans to provide Ukraine with a million artillery shells by March, with only about 30 percent of the target delivered. President Biden welcomed Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese to a state dinner at the White House last night. The president praised the U.S. relationship with Australia, dating back to World War II. That commitment uh, to face tough challenges, that courage to fight for a better future, that's what's always brought America and Australia together. 
President Biden says that much of the history of the world will be written in the Indo-Pacific region in coming years and that Australia and the U.S. must write that story together. The Biden administration is taking a crack at regulating the use of artificial intelligence in the U.S. government. Bloomberg's Nancy Lyons has that story. President Biden is planning to sign a wide-ranging directive on AI in the hopes of stopping possible misuse before the AI models are released to the public. Those familiar with the plan say the action plan for Monday will coincide with a White House event promoting safe, secure and trustworthy artificial intelligence. Some executives from the tech sector are expected to be there. And in the coming days, Vice President Harris will attend a summit in the U.K. looking at A.I. risks. In Washington, Nancy Lyons, Bloomberg Radio. Global news 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Amy Morris. This is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, we bring you news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio. But now you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. It is time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, and we bring in John Stashauer. John. Karen Dusty Baker says baseball has been his life. Drafted by the Atlanta Braves in 1967, he played for 19 years and managed for 26 years. Five different teams, the seventh most wins as a manager in baseball history, won the World Series last year with the Astros, and Baker is retiring. His Astros coming up a little bit short in the ALCS when they lost that Game 7 to Texas. 74 years old, Dusty Baker calling it quit. World Series begins tomorrow. Arizona's going to start Zach Gallen, and Texas will go with Nathan Avaldi, who's 4-0 in the postseason. Week 8, the NFL begins tonight with Tampa Bay, who's 3-3, and Buffalo, who's been a disappointment at 4-3. Deshaun Watson will again not play for Cleveland Sunday in Seattle. He's got the shoulder injuries, so the Browns will go with P.J. Walker, and Brock Purdy in concussion protocol, so very likely will not play for the 49ers in their game against Cincinnati. The Niners return to Sam Darnold. The NBA announced the All-Star game is going back to the East versus West format. They've been using captain's picks. James Harden back with Philadelphia, but he won't play the Sixers opener tonight against Milwaukee. Victor Wembanyama played last night his first game in the NBA. He scored 15 points, the 19-year-old Top pick of the draft. The Spurs lost their game with Dallas. The Celtics beat the Knicks in New York. Jason Tatum scored 34. Washington got blown out at Indiana, 146 to 120. The Capitals beat the Devils 6 to 4. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. After three weeks of deadlock and four nominees, Republicans have finally rallied behind a little-known religious conservative, Mike Johnson, to be the 56th Speaker of the House. And Speaker Johnson is promising to get to work. 
In this time of great crisis, it is our duty to work together, as previous generations of great leaders have, to face these great challenges and solve these great problems. And that was Speaker Mike Johnson after he was sworn in on a vote of 220 to 213. For more, we're joined by Terry Haynes, the founder of Pangea Policy. Terry, it's good to speak with you. And one of those great challenges now suddenly becomes the issue of gun violence once again after last night's mass shooting in Maine, the deadliest this year. Does that issue come back into focus now in Washington? Uh, good morning, Nathan. Uh, yeah, it does come back into into focus in Washington, but, but sadly, it's almost certain that nothing comes of it. Uh, both parties uh, tend to have very purist positions on these things. Uh, uh, Republicans much in favor of Second Amendment uh, uh, purism, and uh, the de- Democrats very much wanting uh, different sorts of gun control. They've not shown themselves able to come together around uh, incremental solutions, even that everybody thinks are necessary, and haven't been able to for about 10 years. The last time that uh, anybody tried to make a run at uh, the registrations and a bunch of other uh, the bunch of other common sense things, it was uh, now retired Senator Pat Toomey on the Republican side and. Uh, the, the now much more famous Democrat, Joe Manchin, and uh, and they really couldn't get anything going uh, uh, thanks to that uh, purism on both sides. And I would not look for anything to change here. And just to note, uh, Michael Bloomberg, the founder and majority owner of Bloomberg Radio Parent Company, Bloomberg LP, does support uh organizations that uh, support gun control, including Every Town for Gun Safety. And speaking of purist positions, Terry, I think that's something that this new speaker is known for. Uh, He sort of invoked uh, his religious background uh, when he claimed the gavel. Uh, What could uh, Speaker Johnson, the kind of conservative that uh, he represents on Capitol Hill, mean for getting legislation done? Well, it's. Uh, I think it's a. Uh, it's two things for markets. First, it's a lot less than meets the eye, but at the same time, it's an incremental markets plus. Uh, I'll get to the meets the eye in a second. Uh, it's an incremental markets plus because Congress only has two more, two basic things to do right now for the next year. One is to continue to assure that the government is funded somehow, and secondly, to make sure that uh, it takes care of its geopolitical obligations by. Uh, providing aid for uh, Ukraine and Israel, as well as uh, as well as the southern border. Uh, the good news is you've got uh, shutdown risk is now I think down to forty percent. Things are volatile, but uh, uh, a funding extension is much more likely thanks to the. Uh, uh, kicking the can that the Republicans have done over the last few weeks, uh, but we still need a tangible sign of that. Uh, markets that will be disappointed, though, that there's really no uh, attempt to right-size fiscal or debt or deficit or anything else. Johnson talks about, uh, in his speech yesterday, talked about establishing a debt commission. That's all well and good, but it's also classic Washington can-kicking. It's the job of uh, members of Congress of both parties and in both houses to do that sort of work, not uh, not debt commissions. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's also market positive for defense, for example, but uh, but there's that. Uh, politically, uh, you know, Johnson is not going to be the main uh, driver here. It's going to end up being people like Scalise and Emmer and Jordan, all of whom were much less important over the last three weeks because they lost bids for speaker. Now they're much more important because they're the senior leaders of the party that are actually going to drive the bus again. So, uh, you know, Johnson is 
is not somebody who should be viewed in the mold of a super speaker like uh, like Pelosi uh, styled herself on the on the Democratic side, uh, like people like John Boehner or Paul Ryan tried to be on the Republican side. Uh, this is somebody that is is part of the leadership, but by no means is the leader of the party in the House. Just 30 seconds left, Terry. It sounds like you're characterizing Speaker Johnson as almost a figurehead. Is that how you see him? Uh, a little bit more than that, but uh, but I do not see him as a leading figure in the party. He has not become so. He was not one before uh, before his elevation. Uh, so I would not expect him to uh, to to exercise decisive influence on any particular issue. This is Bloomberg Daybreak today. Your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast-to-coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.